Good morning. Today is Friday, May 6, 2022. Before we begin, if you would indulge me just for a moment, last night I spoke about Ravnata Greenblatt, who was this remarkable expert in Jewish law, who was my teacher and my mentor. And this morning I realized that I omitted something very important. And if you allow me just a moment uh, to add this, I emphasized last night his brilliance, his expertise, but I should have also mentioned that Rabnata was the warmest person you would ever meet. He could talk to and relate to everyone, regardless of their background regardless of their level of knowledge, and he could understand character with an uncanny accuracy and depth of insight. Just a very short story. So among the many things I learned from Ravnata was uh, the subject of Geras, conversion. Uh, he is was my first Rebbe in, in, in how to do Geras, and he guided me in the conversions that I did in New Orleans at the very beginning of, of my career. And I was once working with a person and uh, the person seemed very, very sincere and they were studying very hard, but there was something I just, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And I had called Ravnata several times because he would guide me through the process each time. And I discussed with him my my hesitation, my concerns. So Ravnata agreed to have a meeting at the airport. <laughs> he agreed to, he wasn't coming to New Orleans, but he would fly through New Orleans and take a, an hour or so layover. And it was a woman. This woman and I came to the airport and Ravnata met with this woman for about an hour. And it was just incredible. I was just sitting there watching and I was just amazed by Ravnata's skill at being able to, number one, relate to this woman and number two, be able to, to, to plumb the depths of her character to understand her motivation and to understand what was, what was driving her. And at the end of that hour, uh, he left and then he later gave me the guidance to be able to proceed. And it was just, again, just uncanny, his, his nature of being able to relate to and to understand human nature was just uh, something very, very remarkable. And, and I, I'm sorry that I omitted it last night. It's an, an important part of Ravnata Greenblatt. Okay. There's a famous verse in this week's Torah portion, the Parsh of Kedoshim. You shall judge your fellow with tzedek, with justice, justly. When you judge your fellow, you should judge justly, correctly, with justice. The Talmud says, Mikan, from this verse we learn, ladun that we should always judge another person favorably. We should always give the other person the benefit of the doubt. 
Now, it sounds contradictory because to give someone the benefit of the doubt means that you're not judging them the way that it is apparent in front of your eyes. That would seem to be just. That would seem to be justice. You judge a person based on what you see in front of you. But to give a person the benefit of the doubt seems more generous than justice. So how can the Talmud say that this verse, which tells us to judge justly, is also teaching us to judge favorably? So Rav Melech Biederman supplies a wonderful answer with a great story. First, as background, in a yeshiva, a place of higher Jewish learning, the classic way to study on an advanced level is not in a classroom. Classroom study is for lower levels usually, but once you reach an advanced level, you will study in pairs with a chavrusa, a study partner, and everyone, it could be dozens or it could be hundreds of people, everyone is in one large room called a base medrash, a study hall, and everyone is studying either by themselves or in pairs, and uh, a, a base medrash, a study hall is, it, it's busy, it's crowded, it's noisy, it's exciting, it's wonderful. There is nothing like the intellectual energy that is crackling in a crowded base medrash. Now, often, everyone or most of the scholars there, it, they are studying the same volume of Talmud. They study the same material. So I'm studying with my partner, you're studying with your partner. We're, we're studying the same subject. So I could go over and ask you a question. You could come over and discuss something. And that's how it works. It's very interactive. But often, so you have in this one large room with, let's say, hundreds of people, and off, there are hundreds of copies of the same volume of Talmud because almost everybody's studying the same thing. So there are great stacks and piles of the same one, the same volume. And very often, the volumes look alike. So it can be hard to keep track of which one is yours. So, of course, when you buy a Sefer, a book, a volume, let's say, of the Talmud, the first thing you do is you write your name on the inside cover. Okay. But there was a young man in Lakewood, New Jersey, which is one of the largest yeshivos in the world. And he was studying in a base medrash with several hundred advanced scholars of Talmud. And this young man took it one step further. He put a piece of colored tape on the outside spine of the volume so that even when it was closed, even from a distance, he could easily identify which one was his. And it was a very good system and it worked for him. And every day he would come to the base medrash and he would easily find his Gemara, his Sefer, his volume of Talmud, and he would study. One day he came and he couldn't find it. It wasn't there. The next day, 
It was also missing. He couldn't find it. On the third day, when it was still not there, he went searching for it. So he went searching through this large, crowded room to see who, certainly by accident, had taken his safer, his volume. So this person, let's make up a name. We'll call him Reuven. So Reuven is walking up and down the rows, and finally he sees someone he does not know. Let's call him Shimon. And this person, Shimon, is studying intensely from Ruvain Sefer, from his book. And he could tell immediately because he saw his colored tape on the outside spine. So it was clear that Shimon had taken Ruvain's volume. So Ruvain said to Shimon, excuse me, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But is it possible, surely by accident, that maybe you were using my safer? Now, Ruve knows the answer. Clearly it was his. He could see the, the tape on the outside. But he didn't want to rush to judgment. So he asked it in a very delicate, polite manner. And Shimon says to him, no, it's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. So now Ruve knows with certainty that Shimon is a liar because he can see his identifying mark clearly. But he thought to himself, maybe someone else uses tape just like I do. It's not very likely, but Don Lekafskos our, our sages tell us we should judge everyone favorably, even if it's remote. How likely is it that somebody else has the same idea with the same tape in the same color? It's, it's very remote, but it's possible. So, in order to be, be absolutely certain, Ruvain says to Shimon, uh, I understand, I understand, but... Is it possible that maybe you made a mistake? Would you mind just opening the front cover? Just just open the front cover. And and Shimon says, it's not necessary. This is mine. I know that it's mine. Ruben says, I understand. I, but please, I don't mean to bother you, but just, just open the cover and, 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 and then I'll be gone. Shimon says, listen... <laughs> It's not yours, it's mine. I know the answer, but okay, fine. You want me to open the cover? Shimon opens the front cover. And on the inside front cover, Reuven sees his name. Reuven! It's written there with a line crossing it out. And Shimon's name is below it. So, so now Reuven knows with certainty that Shimon is not only a liar, but he is a brazen liar. To be able, what chutzpah? His name is right there, and it's crossed out with a line, and still Shimon won't admit that Shimon took Ruvain Safer. It's just a brazen thief. It was... But, but, Ruvain wants to fulfill Dan Lekavschus. You want to try to judge someone favorably, so he doesn't say anything right away. And he walks away. 
But, I mean, Don Lekavskus has a limit. Don Lekavskus means you give someone the benefit of the doubt. That means that you can come up with some legitimate explanation, even if it's remote, even if it's not probable, but it is at least within the realm of possibility. If you see something that is so certain, Don Lekavskus doesn't mean black is white, white is black. It means if it's gray, you assume maybe the most benign interpretation. But no matter how hard Ruvain tries, he can't come up with any possible explanation other than Shimon is a brazen liar. It's his colored tape on the outside. It's his name on the inside crossed out. There's no other explanation. So Ruvain is thinking and he's thinking. He's trying to stay calm, but he's getting furious. Until finally, he has an idea. Now, Ruvain has been learning from this Sefer for almost a year. When he first bought this volume and he wrote his name on the inside, he put his colored tape on the outside, and very quickly he realized that the volume that he had bought, the Sefer that he had bought, it was missing 20 pages. So, a year ago, he had taken it back to the store as soon as he realized that it was a faulty volume. And he took it back to the store. It's missing 20 pages. The owner said, I'm very sorry. I apologize. And the owner took back the faulty volume and the owner gave Ruvain a new volume that had all the pages. And Ruvain took the new volume and put his name on the inside and put his tape on the outside. Okay. But, I mean, how likely is it that of all the hundreds and hundreds of volumes that this person should just happen to somehow end up with the faulty volume that Ruven had returned to the store? I mean, it's, it's so remote, but, but it, it, it's possible. It's within the realm of possibility. So now Ruven goes back over to Shimon. And he says to him, I'm, I'm so sorry for bothering you. Please, please excuse me. But... Do you know that your safer is missing 20 pages? And Shimon says to him, of course I know it's missing 20 pages. That's how I bought it at half price. But Reuven had been absolutely certain it was his. I mean, how could you have any other explanation? It's his colored tape on the outside. It's his name on the inside, crossed out. But to judge Lekavshus was actually betzedek. It was just. It was the correct, true explanation no matter how remote it sounded at first glance. And very often, especially when we can't think of any possible rationale that the other person might have for what they did, judging them favorably, even when it seems remote, is actually the truth. And that is but tzedek, tishbot, es amisecha, 
judge your fellow justly, get to the truth, you need to give the benefit of the doubt. Because to arrive at the truth, we should always search for even the most remote, innocent explanation. And when we do, we will be surprised at how often that is in fact the truth. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a wonderful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.